It's Sunday Fun Day, which means this is Talk Stand Up To Me with your host, Amadil. Um, last week I failed to put out a podcast, um, so I'm going to be doing, well, I plan on doing a second one this week on Tuesday because we're supposed to be having a bit of a, what they call a nor'easter, and, uh. I'm going to take that opportunity to do something I'm going to do on Tuesdays when I record, opposed to on Sundays, where I'm going to focus on comedic duos, uh, writing partners, uh, on stage personalities, on film personalities that work together, and and the the difference, the nuance of that, and how the different pairs end up working well or with each other and how that all comes to be. So if you have any ones that you want me to highlight in particular, feel free to email uh, talkstanduptome at gmail.com and uh, I'll be checking to see any suggestions that might be made and uh, we'll do two for Tuesdays. And uh, when I'm adding a podcast to double up on a week, so I try to keep my my big fat mouth in line, said I was going to do 50 shows in a year, that's what I'm going to do. I'll do two for Tuesday. So feel free to email me with any thoughts you have about comedic duos that you want to hear about. Um... Tonight's podcast is going to be, I'm going to talk about Robert Kelly's uh, brand new live stand-up show uh, that he did at the Wall Street Theater in Connecticut, and uh, this is going to be something that I'm going to try to do a few more times. There's a, a few more virtual shows coming up with some people that uh, I have a lot of respect for. Um, I unfortunately missed Marina Franklin's live show that she just did, uh, but I'm sure she'll do another one and I'll get on that train. Uh, Sarah Silverman has one coming up. I have tickets to the Patton Oswalt uh, show coming up and... Uh, Maria Branford has a show <clears throat> also that I saw listed. Uh, so what I'm going to do is uh, I'm not going to be a TikToker. I'm not going to steal someone's lines and then try to take credit for them. But I'm going to I'm going to try to support the comics who are having an interesting time trying to figure out a way to make things work. Um, I'm sure the theater holders of, of Wall Street Theater were glad to have anybody be inside the building and, uh, theaters need that life to keep going. Um, so I'm not going to step into a, uh, <laughs> an indoor place to, to see comedy in the near future. I, I just, my brain can't fathom it. Uh, 
but I'll see outdoor shows live, and uh, I guess I'm going to be doing some more online viewing of of live comedy. It's very interesting. Um, the so I'm not going to I'm going to try to avoid uh, saying anything that's going to ruin any of the bits if someone sees him going down the road. But I do want to, you know, he started out, he had Beecher, came up as his opener. Um, and, or host, or, I'm, I'm not exactly even sure what his title was. <clears throat> but anyways, he came out and uh, the crowd just wasn't giving... Anything you, uh, as the night goes on, every comic talks about how cold it is in the in the theater, uh, and when you see, uh, when they go to any shots of the the audience, everyone's still wearing their winter coats even though they're indoors. Um, it is a, it's cold in New England. They were in Connecticut, and it was probably fifteen or ten degrees last night. Uh, maybe even colder, uh, at least here. So I'm sure there's not that much different. Um, so, so very interesting. The crowd wasn't giving him much, and because of that, I feel all the comics had a a bit of a hard time getting going. Um, he did. The opening guy, Beecher, did start out, you know, mentioning suicide and domestic violence, uh, and then went into his breakup. <clears throat> it, uh, sometimes, uh, when you're the first person up, starting with words like that, make it, make the crowd kind of tense up. They, uh, they don't give you... He was saying some interesting things, uh, but they weren't quite ready to give him the benefit of the doubt yet. They hadn't quite, they hadn't laughed yet, so they were really not giving it up for him. Uh, they weren't an easy-going crowd. Uh, again, they're all having to wear masks, so uh, they're not, they're not drinking while they're watching, which. Um, Every stand-up club I've ever been in, <clears throat> a lot of people drink too much. Apparently, I have a little frog in my throat, and I, I, I perhaps I uh, will cough a few more times. Uh, I'm going to drink a little water here. All right. So, anyways, the opening act, they weren't giving him much. Um, he did kind of start out on a heavy foot. He did uh, end up getting them back into it or getting them into it with his uh, toothbrush joke. Um, and then he, you know, then he did a joke about pandering, which I, which I appreciated. And uh, so he, he did his best trying to get the crowd going, but the crowd wasn't giving up very much. And then... Uh, the legend, Rich Voss, uh, 
came out to do his bit, um, dressed like a wrestling coach, uh, very, you know, he wasn't wearing his fedora, was wearing his rings, uh, of course, his hat, hoodie, and shoes all matched, um, so the, he also had a hard time getting the crowd to get going, I mean, he is a, he doesn't care, he'll keep, he'll keep moving forward regardless, um, there was a, there was a bit with things being canceled, uh, uh, or being, uh, or being not canceled, because that, sorry, that has a wrong connotation. Things that won't move forward uh, after COVID, and uh, he said a, a very funny line about a, a comedian, and then um, the thing that rang true to me as. We're starting to hit our family's birthday season. Uh, blowing out candles on a cake. Now, I'm not going to say anything else about what he said. But that, uh, he was talking about how that was going to be no longer going to happen. And uh, as we're heading into birthday season and getting whole cakes and cupcakes on the side so someone can blow out a candle to make a wish... That I don't know if anyone's ever granted. Um, and mine were always too inclusive to ever really know. Um, his first thing that I thought was really, really funny. His, his One of his punches before he tagged it uh, was Cole's. And I thought it was way funnier than the crowd gave up. They weren't giving him anything. And, uh, I mean, it, 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 that's the thing about stand-up comedy. It's a, it's a, it's a back and forth. And if you're not going to give up much, then, you know, then comics start to, to get that flop. Um, but I have to say that the Coles line was really funny and he tagged it with a couple others. Um, and then he kind of pulled a, you know, I mean, he's a seasoned comic and he let out a little few, let out a little steam, um, and I'm, I don't know if it's because it was Connecticut, not Boston, not New York. Like, I don't know. Again, the crowd wasn't really going along for the ride. Uh, but after he went on his little rant um, about some a couple of people in the audience, he said, sorry, I get cranky because of all the breeze. And he was tough because the people were talking. But... Again, they keep bringing up the fact that it's cold. The audience, I don't think, understood the joke. I, I, 
I assume they didn't understand the joke, or they just... I don't know. They were very hesitant in the in the beginning. Um, and then he got on to... Uh, pandemic Hobbies. Uh, and again... Did some really funny stuff. Uh, I mean, he's married to a, a comic who's... Uh, a genius as well. Um, not that that had anything to do with his set that night, but uh, his pandemic hobbies. I thought they the the crowd was so quiet, and I felt uh, I felt like it was too bad. Like people, some someone needed to say to them before this all began that it's okay to laugh. At things that are inappropriate, especially when you're wearing masks, they didn't do that many shots of the audience, so no one was going to be able to tell who it was that uh, was laughing at something that might get you in trouble. I don't know. I don't know what the the hangup was, except for it maybe being very cold in the place. But that would be for me even more reason to laugh. So, anyways. That was, you know, Rich Voss had a couple of good, you know, Rich Voss moments. Uh, and then, and he really, he he did, he, he didn't leave the stage until they got the crowd worked up for Bobby. And that was, that's good to see. That's how you can tell, like, when he, he came out, you know, he gave props to the opener and he gave props to Bobby to start out with, and then he ended with getting the crowd cra- clapping for Bobby, and uh, and he didn't just say it once. He like he went after it to try to make sure that that Bobby got out on stage with a nice head of steam, and I thought that was again that shows his his why he calls himself the legend. Um, then Bobby started out, and the first thing that uh, he said that, I mean, it wasn't necessarily funny, uh, but the thing that rang true to me, he was talking about uh, everything that was going on and how everything got turned upside down and how some people are in a much better boat and how he was in his dinghy. And when he said dinghy, it was really... uh, spot on uh you'll see it when you watch it uh that hits um and then again the crowd wasn't being i mean if i knew a stand-up special was being taped i'm gonna be clapping i'm gonna be i'm gonna be laughing i'm gonna be whoa you know, I'm, I'm going to be trying to have a good time because I want to have a good time. That's why I want to go see comedy. So I was a little, a little surprised. Um, he had to do, he really had to kind of try to get them warmed up. Um, and then, and then when I think he really started to get them is he, he did a bit about people save the date and 
you know, it's a much larger uh, bit about people's weddings and and the save the date. And I thought he, I thought he was really getting into a rhythm. Um, but again, the crowd was very, very quiet. Um, and apparently, if you were there, it was very, very cold in the theater. They didn't turn on the heat. So he takes this moment after taking these people on this nice ride, which I thought was very funny, um, to address the awkwardness of the fact that it's cold, people are wearing masks, he can't tell if anyone's laughing or smiling, and and that it's been a while since he's been doing it. Um, And he started doing a bit of crowd work. Um, And... That really started to loosen the crowd up a little bit. They started going along for the ride. And it was really, uh, really, really funny. Um, I have to admit that I that I listened to him weekly on his podcast. Uh, and I, I enjoyed the ride that he took to... Getting to talk about uh, his biggest fear. Um, And I'm not going to talk about how he gets to the line, a light jog. That he was going to be defeated by a light jog. I'm not going to ruin the joke, but when when he said those words together out loud, brilliant, so funny... Uh, I, I LOL'd for sure. And then he went into, uh, a common, because, because he is a survivor, uh, he talks about how, unfortunately, the one thing that he hasn't been able to let go of is the one thing that all of us need is food. You know, like, I can quit a whole bunch of different things and he goes through and he makes some poignant and funny uh, observations about what he has gone through and what he's done. Um, But then talks about how, you know, when people celebrate... They don't bring out those things. They bring out cupcakes uh, or something else. And so he goes into his... Because now he's on, I think... I don't remember which fat he says he's on. I think it might be fat number eight. Um, Bobby... uh, has has just like most of us as you get older uh has been a few shapes uh and some of them have been very very fit and he's not in one of those moments at this time and so he addresses that uh and he addresses it again uh when he talks about 
going to Bush Gardens with his family. And he was annoyed that they didn't, uh, that he didn't exactly understand what Bush Gardens was, being an amusement park and not a garden. Um, and, and I, and I really enjoyed the, the trip he took you on and, and then he gets into, uh, how his mind works and he gets to the point where he's picturing a foster dad, uh, and that whole setup and, and delivery is amazing. Uh, and then he talks, uh, about going on a different adventure, um, which, as a fan of, of Bobby's, I've, I knew the story, uh, because he, he injured himself, uh, during the story, so in real time, he would talk about the injury that he had had, um, but it's about snow tubing, uh, and with, you know, with his family, and when he, I'm not going to even, I'm only going to, I have three words written down as, as a reminder as to bring this up, and I'm only going to say two of them, because I don't want to ruin the joke, uh, when people get there, but when he says the words, another season, I, I really was, I laughed, a, a good belly laugh, it was, uh, it was really a nice little ride, and I knew the story, I mean, I've, and I've, but when he hit it with that, I, that's where I was hoping for a bit more, I mean, I don't, uh, again, I was laughing, and 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 he's the one mic'd. the The audience isn't mic'd. I I don't know that they've quite figured out how to mic um, a smaller audience in a space that's bigger um, that allows the performer to hear it, or definitely doesn't allow the the people watching from home to hear laughter in a way that it used to come across um and then he went into having being a father and 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 how it is for him raising a a boy and how that's changed from the day that his boy was born to to now um and the and the way that it would have been if if it wasn't twenty twenty one um and I thought that was a an an interesting a little uh setup that he was doing and i and I enjoyed his bit about his alpha male friends. And their interactions with his son and him trying to raise his son in an appropriate manner. I 
I like that ride. Again, not necessarily a new concept for me because I listen to him every week, but I thought yeah, I thought the way that he presented it was really uh I thought it was a a good take. Um and then he did a bit more that I'm not going to I don't want to be a spoiler. I don't want to be a joke stealer. I don't want to get into the final end of of his act for for this bit. Um but then he did have Voss came back out on stage with him. Um and the owner of the theater came out with a laptop to read the questions that people had written to them. And pretty much for 15 or 20 minutes, they just, they gave that owner a lot of shit. And it was really funny to watch because they can't help themselves. I mean, the the difference between regional comics um again grow i grew up watching in the 90s comics in boston and so boston comics the way that they show that they like each other or they care about each other is they shit on one another and they're and they're ruthless and they're uh and they really they really hammer on on you and that and if they're not hammering on you they don't they don't think you're worth their time it is it is a sign of respect if a Boston comic is spending the time to shit on you. And so they pretty much just shit on this owner uh, for 20 minutes uh, about the heat, about his wardrobe, about a whole lot of things. And they couldn't stop themselves. And that was that was brilliant. I, I really... I liked watching the two of them. Because once they were on stage together... They didn't need the audience. They could just bounce off of each other. And so they could be the sounding board. Um, so that was funny to watch. And then uh, I, I, you know, shout out to my, uh, to Chippa. Uh, I love when they asked him a one of the questions that was asked by the you know by the online audiences about the prank show gotcha gotcha and and because Bobby was having a Bobby night and not a and not anybody it, it was it was Bobby's night it wasn't someone else's night um and so he had no, like, in his head, he wasn't even there. And then when he realized it was a chip thing, he was so annoyed and it was so brilliant. And then they they were, you know, I loved, I loved his shout-out to Patrice. I thought that was a class act. Um, 
there's a bunch of other things that uh, were said between the questions that were asked by the audience online and uh, unfortunately none of the audience in the house asked a question which they were given the opportunity uh, they didn't take it um, I did like Voss's Into the Light um, line which Bobby set him up for uh, and I feel that if he was given $20,000, he could do what he said he couldn't do. Uh, but you'll get to that if you get to the very end of the, the special. Um, again, I have to say, poor Frank, the owner of the place, uh, they really just an annihilated him. So, uh, this is, this is my quick little summation of... Robert Kelly's Live at Wall Street Theater in Connecticut, uh, which just happened last night. Um, I actually didn't watch it till today, and now I'm doing the, the recording. As you know, it's one and done with this thing. I don't edit. This is how it is. Uh, Tuesday, I will be doing the Two for Tuesday podcast to try to get me back on track because uh, there is no try there is just do uh, so if you have any suggestions for duos that you might want me to cover for two for Tuesday feel free to send me an email at talkstanduptome at gmail.com uh, don't forget to subscribe smash that like button uh rate and review tell your friends um uh, i look forward to a lot more laughs in 2021 and i'll talk to you soon happy sunday fun day this is i'm a dill and this is talk stand up to me have a great sunday and again, you're going to hear me trying to find the button to hit the off because I can never do it. There it is.